Hi, I'm Melinda Poitras, and you're listening to He Said, She Said, The One with Books and Bros. It's been a minute since I've done this, but let's do a thing I'm obsessed with, thing I'm grateful for, and thing you should try. I don't know if this thing I'm obsessed with is going to get me in trouble. When I was growing up Ghana, literally my favorite thing to do was go with dad to get his haircut, because that took place in a barber shop in the lobby of a hotel called Golden Tulip. I would visit the bookstore next door to him where he would allow me the purchase of an Archie comic book and I would sit in these beautiful seats carved into the wall of the luxury lobby. When he was done, we would saunter out to the playground to swing. Now, Golden Tulip had two restaurants, a really fancy one and a lounge restaurant. The breakfast buffet and the fancy one was a special treat experience at Christmas time, but we got the fish and chips in the lounge more often. In the middle of the lounge, there was the most beautiful piano and they hired a man to play it. I was in love with that man whoever he happened to be on the day we were there they were on a rotation and i did not discriminate the music often had hymns interspersed in it jazzed up substantially of course i did not know at the time that everyone didn't understand what was going on now i realize the rich business people and vacationing europeans didn't know about the hymns but i noticed i love that so much And I grew up in a country that was forever playing that all for one, boys to men, I could love you like that, we've come to the end of the road music as well. The other day, I accidentally heard a song by Jimmy Allen and Babyface, I literally don't even know who these people are, called Forever. And it took me straight back to Golden Tulip. And I don't even have, quote, a favorite wine, but definitely I could be driven out to Cali for it. I don't know if you're looking for a pickup line, and you definitely would have to change the word bar to specify you mean an Applebee's after Wednesday night worship, but you're welcome. I'm currently setting up a classroom, which is a lot of work, so I'm grateful for the support of my community of people. I'm grateful for them all the time, but my heart hugs them a little harder when they're helping me prep to give a group of kids the best experience possible for the least amount of expense possible. That's what I'm grateful for. A morning and nighttime routine is the thing you should try. My nighttime routine takes maybe 10 actual minutes total, but I am sleeping better than I have in years because I am slowing down and preparing for sleep. Try it. I don't think you'll regret it. I have been meaning to read Wild at Heart by John Eldridge for a long time. This episode is actually about a book by a bro, finally. Remember Chase? He loves that book. So I said, I'll read it. And I bought it and I didn't read it. And I lost my copy and I bought another one and the same thing happened. And I bought a third copy and I have finally read that third copy. Third time's the charm, I guess. And I'm so grateful that I read it. The tagline is discovering the secret of a man's soul. And it thoroughly unpacks the subject of Christian masculinity. I cried so much while reading this book. And I don't think it helped that I read it right around the time we were at MK Retreat and I was experiencing daily how little people you have walked through life with become tall college men that still kiss your face. A boy is a beautiful thing. Every man is a warrior inside, but the choice to fight is his own. Luke Eldridge said that at the age of nine. This book covers so much and it covers it all so honestly and bluntly. I have not read anything better about the importance of living the adventure that God has laid out for us. He tackles the thought of God being no tame lion, how the Lord is a man of war, the Lord is his name. And our men, they aren't meant to be tame either. 
A little wildness is a good thing. He contrasts the beautiful silent night we depict in all our Christmas murals with the war going on in the heavens during the birth of Jesus as it is depicted in Revelation. And he calls men to fight in the unseen battle going on around us all the time. He says, God's relationship with us and with our world is just that, a relationship. As with every relationship, there's a certain amount of unpredictability and the ever-present likelihood that you'll get hurt. The ultimate risk anyone ever takes is to love. For, as C.S. Lewis says, love anything and your heart will be wrung and possibly broken. If you want to make sure of keeping it intact, you must give it to no one, not even an animal. But God does give it. Again and again and again, until he is literally bleeding from it all. God's willingness to risk is just astounding, far beyond what any of us would do were we in his position. To be like God is to be dangerous and risky. He calls men out into the experience of living with uncertainty, reminding us how Oswald Chambers says, to be certain of God means that we are uncertain in all our ways. We do not know what a day may bring forth. This is generally said with a sigh of sadness. It should rather be an expression of breathless expectation. What an adventure we are called to live with the Lord. After all, as he says, man is never more a man than when he embraces an adventure beyond his control or when he walks into a battle he isn't sure of winning. There are so many things I loved about this book. I just appreciate the angle from which it was written. For example, he talks about Ruth. Now, when people talk about Ruth, generally they say, Ruth was working in the field when her Boaz found her. Ruth was working in the field when her Boaz found her. Yes. And he said, give that one some extra grain. And that was it. That was it. My homeboy Boaz did nothing until Ruth got dressed up doused herself in perfume, showed up in his bed and said, marry me. And he was like, okay, yeah, that sounds like fun. Let me talk to some people about it and let you know. It is my pet peeve. I say it often. Why is nobody talking about that part? He talks about that part. And I love him for it. Work in the field. Work it in the field. Okay, I'm going to move on. He talked about also how Adam was standing next to Eve with the apple, how he was right there. And he said, he won't risk, he won't fight, and he won't rescue Eve. Our first father, the first real man, gave in to paralysis. He denied his very nature and went passive. And every man after him, every son of Adam, carries in his heart now the same failure. Every man repeats the sin of Adam every day. We won't risk, we won't fight, and we won't rescue Eve truly a chip off the old block speaking of adam and eve he unpacks the phrase help meet and helper apparently the word used there which i'm not trying to pronounce is notoriously hard to translate and it means something far more powerful than helper it means lifesaver the phrase is only used elsewhere of god when you need him to come through for you desperately there is no one like the god of jeshurun who rides on the heavens to help you how Beautiful. I told you I cried a lot. Here's what to pray over our men. That they become certain of themselves and who they are in Christ. That they know they have what it takes for whatever wild thing they are called to. That they are willing to risk and fight and rescue. I don't tell everyone to drive fast and take chances. There's only one person I say that to. I do it with intention because of what I'm called to call out. First of all, I don't need to tell him to stay safe. He's already safe. He can handle himself and anything else with the help of Jesus. And I'm not concerned he won't stop and ask for directions because the map in his mind is not ever glitching. 
I love it when he's in my living room recliner. But there's a wild world out there full of souls to be saved, battles to be fought, and beauty to be won. It's cute that I serve rice and gravy, but I better have also fed his soul with the fuel of the reminder that he is full capable of leading to safety and fighting and winning. With the knowledge that I believe in his ability to know his heart and speak his mind, and I'm listening. Because the world is listening, whether I am or not. John says, God made men the way they are because we desperately need them to be the way they are. Yes, a man is a dangerous thing. So is a scalpel. It can wound or it can save your life. You don't make it safe by making it dull. You put it in the hands of someone who knows what he's doing. Male or female, let's all seek to be better in him. Let's embrace the wild, wonderful wilderness of his calling. And let's all be better together. Know who you are in Christ. Know you have what it takes for whatever wild thing you are called to. Risk. Fight. Rescue. Oh, hey. Drive fast. And take chances. You've been listening to He Said, She Said, where whether we actually got around to discussing any books or chatting with any bros or not, we are, now and always, so glad you stopped by to listen. We hope your time here cemented the truth found in the best book ever written and deepened your relationship with a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Thank you for pressing play. Thank you for making space. We'll catch you next week, same time, same place. Thank you.